the uh, Dharma talk for today is uh, about karma. Well, I mean, there's been a lot written about that. If you go in and uh, Google that or look it up, there's just a tremendous amount of ideas. All the different schools of Buddhism have a different way of talking about karma. Uh, the conventional way is to become a bad karma, which is a very low-level understanding of it. That you can um, need to do this and this to have good karma, or some, some, some kind of actually spiritual, materialistic way of approaching karma, uh, rather than seeing it as it fundamentally is. So, in the, uh, even before the Buddha, I, I know, I presume, I don't know for sure, but the Indian tradition teaches uh, three types. There's, and there's other breakdowns, which I'm not going to go into. Uh, there's a uh, Sanchita karma, which is a karma coming from the past, out of past lives, out of whatever is coming forward, manifesting. Like if you look at your face in the mirror, this is, this is a karma coming out of the past. So here you are. And uh, I'll go through the, these three first and then we'll talk about the And then as I said, there are different ways of talking about this. So, and I'm not coming from a position of I'm right and they're all. Just things is how it looks to me. It's a little bit of what I studied, but it's also how this looks from reflecting on it or looking at it. So it may line up with probably lines up more with the yoga chart school than any of them. And uh, so that's coming out of the past and showing up here. And then Parada, Parada Karma is the kind that is developing right now. So you're here, uh, you're, you're, and if you're sitting still, Thoughts will be arising spontaneously. That's uh, Sanchita Karma coming out. And then Prarabha Karma is mixed in with that. So it's, uh, it's very difficult to you know, open it up and see which is which. They get combined. This is why it's so difficult for us to really understand what's happening to us in terms of our feelings, emotions, thoughts. And then you can break that one down. I think it's three different sections. There's the feelings you have, the feelings others have, the, the, all the situations that are, you know, uh, distributed out and broken down into what categories. So I don't think it's so important to spend too much time ruminating around to see which who's having what feeling. The one that you can deal with is the one that you're having. So your partner, your mate, your friend, your mom, dad, whatever's happening to them, you're subject to it and that they're there and then you're, you can't help but interact with them. So you're drawn into it uh, to some extent. Uh, unless there's a great deal of clarity here. And if there's clarity here, then the tendency to be drawn into other people's karma is other than to help them. And how do you help them? Don't meddle with them. Don't interfere with anyone's karma without them actually asking you for your help. And then the kind of help you give them may not be the kind they are asking for. And the last one is a, a Gami karma. Uh, and this is uh, the future actions that what's going to happen in the future because of what happens. So it's just caught, very simply, it's caught in the fact that we get trapped by that and into our material, materialistic way of looking at things. We think of, well, this cause that, and I can go in there and I can cause this and cause that and everything. This is a, there's something to that, but we miss the overall basic understanding, which is not separate. Everything is dependent on realism. That means that you cannot, it's so incredibly, to say it's complicated, it's a complete understatement. It is so vast, and it is without itself. It is without a perpetrator, and it is without a, uh, uh, to call it a client. Um, who's the person at the, the other end of the, the victim? So it's without the, it's there, and if you look at it, it's not there as something that, okay, now we've got it, now we just have to make this person not be mean anymore. 
like we were talking earlier. You just have to be with that person. You just have to, but not too much. You have to be with them, but not so much that you actually provide more energy for them to continue to confuse themselves and confuse you and attack you and so on. Uh, so um, it's very circular if you don't understand it, you will join something because you're trying to get rid of something else. And if you do that, then you're, you're participating in the circularity of it. So that's, that's why it's so important to hold your seat and then you free say probably hundreds of times, do uh, as little as possible. Less is better. And not because there is something to do, it's just that the way I understand it is to that act any, any action or uh, you could call parada, activity out of the so-called present moment needs to come out of your awareness, your panoramic madhadashana, your panoramic awareness of what this is, so that so you're not missing the tree limbs moving, you're not missing the tone of someone's voice, you're not uh, missing the, someone who's somewhat ticked off or angry about something or leaving the room. You're not missing it and you're not adding to it. So you're not taking the Sanchita karma that is rising spontaneously everywhere and adding on uh, with your own motivation or intention to modify, control, uh, change the outcome. This is what people generally are trying to do, is trying to, quite often, people, even people who teach this will say, you need to do this and this and this, and karma. I'm not telling you that. That being said, we were doing a little bit of that, and then we were doing these sutras, you were repeating these vows, you were saying over and over and over again. But we're not doing, we're doing them just as they are, rather than doing this so, this will happen, doing this so, that will happen. A little bit, not too much. Mainly it's about uh, observing. Not at all about, about obeying anything. So you, to go back to the parada karma that is in your living room or uh, out in the yard as you're talking to your neighbor um, or in, in your sangha as you're relating to people that are working in a, in a study group or something like that, sometimes those kind of things arise. Less is better. Just observe. It's a dharma gate. Everything is a dharma gate, uh, especially if it seems to be an obstruction. So the last one, Gami, is just talks about uh, it's a way of referring to you're doing this and this is happening, and now this is happening. So if this happens, you're born with a bad temper, then uh, the, the, the karma of, of how you handle that, how you, you've been given this, here's a hand you've been dealt to use the poker idea, the hand you've been dealt how you play that. And so the way we use that same uh, metaphor, how we play it, is to benefit everyone, to actually, whatever you do uh, could be the fundamentally most helpful thing you can do, which may mean cutting your mouth shut. Maybe if you don't know what to do, don't do anything. Don't do, don't, 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 don't do anything that you have to. If you're doing anything that you have to, this is the other translation of that, is a patience. You know, you can just hold still, just watch what continues to move, and then you'll get, you'll get a representation. If you're, if you're, if you're really aware you, you'll see, you'll know, you won't be in either, there's an either or, no, what do you think? The either or is actually an armageddon. If you think there's an either or or something, that means you're not clear about that. Well, that is, so don't, don't act on either one of them. Just to, quite often, people act on something just because they can't stand the, the suspense. They, they're not willing to just look and, and, and actually see that uh, because we're human beings, we're not or raccoons, a raccoon just sees what's in front of them. So therefore, they, they are actually cooperating with their, their sanctuary arm. They don't, they don't have much, uh, by the way, other than let's get something to eat and uh, um, 
And you know those masks, you can't take those masks off of your door windows. You can figure that out in a second with your children. So, but the crazy thing is if you don't, excuse me, if you don't, you don't do anything, then everything starts to change, especially that attitude, that intention that is not, that is an intention to give all things. If you're in this room, this is probably what you're working on some level. And I ask you to receive precepts that's your business, your karma. And so as far as there is a separate person. So if it's necessary, then you will. If it's not necessary, you won't. It's not, I don't mind. But if you do, then, then what you're doing is you're, you're formally working with, I vow to be with all things. Or the other one is I vow to say all things. But I'll do it for myself. And so when you do that, you're... So whatever happens, that doesn't mean you accept it. Uh, I never say that to anyone. Doesn't mean you're rejected. Doesn't mean you look away from it. Passion, direction, anything else. Just be with it. Just you're already being. It's arising. So, forgetting any energy at all, be with all things. Karma comes from Sanskrit. The root word is, I think it's, I don't know how to pronounce it, K-R, whatever that is. Maybe Yazi knows to do, to act. So, and, uh, and that they stretch that out into all the different Indian, uh, Indian uh, or languages and use it different ways. So Sanskrit is an artificial language. It was someone dating back centuries ago, long time ago, millennia ago, they invented in order to be able to talk about this kind of material. So, uh, so here we are, we're talking about action, and then we're looking at all the different ways in which the action right now is actions happening uh, on a physical level, just to move your hand. Like, what you're looking at here is a uh, uh, sanchita karma. This human being rises. Where did we come from? You know where we came from? Uh, I don't know. Looks pretty like damn mysterious. Uh, don't worry about it. Just, just be, just do this. Everything you need to know is available now. There isn't anything but now, I think. Right or wrong is beyond the point. If you go to right wrong, then you'll be, you know, you'll go from uh, jello in a box to jello in a bowl. Still jello. One's powder with no water in it, and there's a so how does this become that? Firewood doesn't become ash, as Logan said, 15th century. It's a way of talking about something that helps you break down the cause and effect cycle, uh, not to do to get rid of it, but to cause more warfare or more conflict by pushing something away or bringing something on or shutting something down, but just to see that what you are is completely beyond this, it's together with this physical situation that we're in, and completely beyond it. There, there's, you're not separate from the Dharmakaya. You're not separate from the ultimate nature of reality at any time. There isn't even an ant isn't separate from it. So your, your true nature is more like, it might even be that, it's, it's more like light than anything else. So you use a phenomena that is a metaphor. So the two types of karma from the past and the one in the present where we're doing something, there's an area in there that uh, if, you, if, you don't slow, slow, if you don't slow way down and watch it, the past karma and the present karma are so uh, operating out of hope and fear and cause and effect and, and that desire and passion, aggression, and ignorance that you can't see them. But if you hold very still, which is what is the other word for meditation, train the mind. How do you do it? You see how untrained it is. If you're a dog trainer, you don't start in by just, well, this dog's untrainable. What do you mean by that? Well, they just keep running around. It's untrainable. So it, Let's go find something that's trainable. There's a cat sleeping. It's trained. So you have to work with what it is. You have to work with what it is. So when we sit down and look at our mind, if you see that your mind is 
If it's tumbling around and going this way or that way, then, 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 then you're training your mind. You're actually holding still. You're watching the movement this way. What watches that which observes that is not a thing. And it, and it does not move. It is completely still and moving. And you can't find it. If you turn around and try to find out who the watcher is, you just met another watcher. So it's just like the proverbial all of mirrors. You know, wherever you go, there you are. But, but through the practice of sitting down, holding still, and watching what is moving, what's coming and going, actually watching the current. I'm not talking about, I don't teach Shanda Pashner or Shine Lakhton, mindfulness awareness practice, not because people should do that. Of course they should. Do it. If you have a meditation teacher, do what they say. If you don't have one, get one. If you don't want to do that, then do something else. Be, uh, do something else. And this doesn't mean that we shouldn't do some Shanda practice or do some resting and tranquility, but that, to me, after having done this a while, should come out of your practice, not out of something we put on you. That would be like uh, training a dog uh, without ever meeting a dog. Send the dog a letter, you know, like train yourself. You can't, you can't train what you don't first look at. So first you have to look at yourself, see how your mind moves, and then you but when I say see what moves, I, I know you're, that some people are going to spend a lot of time just watching your breath, but they're doing it out of their awareness, understanding of how that, to use the image of something becomes a dog, they're going to do that uh, out of the way that's moving. And other people won't do that. They'll, they'll completely start doing a passion or, or awareness or spatial, uh, receiving what moves in its, in its more open way. And they may have to do that for a few weeks, few months, few years before they return to shamatha practice or uh, what sometimes call mindfulness. I don't call this mindfulness because mindfulness practice is more about getting better and not, not wrong again. I'm not correcting John Kabat-Zinn or those other people that are all teaching, that are making a lot of money teaching mindfulness. Again, making money. I don't mind. Sounds weird. I'll so what I'm saying is, out of the karma that is moving in your own mind, you, when you hold very still, you know exactly what you need to do next. It might be, come and ask me questions. It might be, go read something that seems to, you've read in the, in the teachings that seems to relate to this. It might be, uh, I need to do a retreat. I've watched people for years. The only thing I say when I meet someone, they, if they want to become a student, I'm going to say, I might say, maybe I've said it to you, maybe I haven't. You should probably consider doing a solitary retreat sometime. I said, oh, okay, I can't do that. I said, well, schedule a couple years from now. They're usually surprised to hear me say that. And people do that, and the next thing you know, those two years are up, and it's time to do that retreat. Which just means that all the retreat is get away from everybody, sit down, hold still, and watch what continues to rotate and rotate and come and go, come and go. And watch, and you will eventually see the space in which that occurs, which is doing nothing. And the identity. You're, who you are actually starts to change its allegiance over from a like it, I don't like it, it's good, it's bad, it should be, it should be, I'm mm -hmm. just an incessant repetition of uh, samsara, the constant uh, churning of the wheel of life and that life over to justice and flowers on both sides of me. I like that. So when we're looking at those two different kinds of karma, we're already, we already know whatever's arising in your mind spontaneously is, is, uh, is just karma that that you are, that you're born with. So you don't have to do anything with it. Just let it come up. There's uh, sometimes some of the te teachers are teaching this say you need to resolve it. You don't need to resolve anything. Now, if you're listening to them, you should listen to what they tell you. But they're 
resolve, getting rid of the karma trying to resolve something is a misunderstanding of wisdom. Wisdom doesn't do anything. Quite often we think, well, don't do this, do that, or do this kind of technique, and that'll help you resolve this or resolve that. So karma coming out of the past, things are like this, it's showing it like this, it's showing it like that. And then it's uh, awareness practice helps you eventually see the way you had on this Something is rising in its own pristine solitariness or uh, rangams is the better word for self-existing. It's just that. And when that's arising to see it that way, it's uh, just that. Uh, then you can see whether you're adding to it. If you're connecting it up with the rest of the uh, three voices, passion, aversion, dangerous, hope and fear, enemy, lust, greed, Desire for control. If there are questions, I'd be happy to respond. Um, so, with no self, what is that ongoing trail of karma that we deal with as individuals? It's just that it's an ongoing trail of karma that we're dealing with as individuals. And what I, what I say, the way I my understanding of what the Buddha taught, uh, is that you just need to be aware of that and see that it is dependent arisen. One of the very basic, who knows what he actually said, that's the very basic teaching of Buddhism. There's no self in this consciousness, there's no other in the self, the separation is a, a projection of a deluded mind, that we think there's this and that, this and that. So just observe that and see what it is. See that it's coming and going and coming and going. And it's, there's, no, there's no good and evil as a um, bad karma, good karma. I mean, I could say that there's karma that's going to be kind of rough, and there's karma that's going to be kind of soft. But as far as the good and evil, that just attaches, that's more coming from a theistic perspective, which is the primitive beliefs about the nature of reality, that somebody created this. More? Yeah, I don't know that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Joy. Does something else besides karma arise? Anything that arises, so I'm just using your word, anything else, or anything that arises is, is uh, dependent on something else, where it's a... When this happens, then that happens. Th that isn't going to happen unless this happens. Uh, the, the main thing that makes it difficult is it's so, I mean, to say it's complicated is a, it's a you're not going to be able to tra trace it down, but people try to do that, and they try to do it in a very simple way by saying, well, you caused that, so therefore you're to blame. That's a, a complete misunderstanding. That's why it says in the teachings, all dharmas are without blame. Not, there's no first cause for anything. This doesn't mean that if somebody is spinning off and creating havoc, like killing people, we shouldn't address that. But we should it should be addressed as a uh, as a with our, with openness and intelligence and with understanding. When you see somebody acting crazy, if you go to war with them, then you're you're just fueling the same situation. Not that you're asking about that. But anything that arises is dependent. Even uh, even caring for someone else or being kind. Wisdom is uh, if that's where you're going is uh, not. Depend on the arisen. It's it's already there before anything else occurred. Comes it's it's the Dharmakaya. It's very difficult to talk about this because we're it ties us into relative truth where we can't and suddenly that's hooked up to everything else and then suddenly you think you can be wise and you can't. You can just stop being crazy. And if you do, then it, the immediacy, the uh, complete vastness of everything that you're you're not disconnected from anything. You're not a person anymore, but you're not separate from anyone or anything you see. It's a very simple, tacit understanding. It's not an overwhelming, oh my gosh, I'm one with everything. 
that's more like ego's uh, flash uh, out of uh, taking a, a Amanita muscaria or lysergic acid diethylamide 25. It just rolled off your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I know about that. Yeah, it's like Western Sanskrit. <laughs> yes. How's it mean? Um, uh, if, um, if you should just hold still and not take action, then let's say you want to get involved in the political world. Mm -hmm. uh, you do have to take action. Do you? That's a statement, not a question. Um, well, you... You, you need to go from door to door and convince people. You, you do. Not necessarily. You don't. Can you say more than about if one wants to uh, change? Yes. The current situation. Mm -hmm. Then look at look at what's happening, and then you'll know what it's choiceless. I, I don't ignore. I watch it constantly politics. I, I recommend that students of mine not sh shut things off, but watch. I'm not saying just watch CNN or just watch MSNBC or Fox News or Free Speech TV or Link TV or, or whatever other kind of um, podcasts are out there, but to, to listen, listen to what's being said. And if you can, don't particularly jump to conclusions, unless if it, but if you jump to conclusions, then just watch yourself jump to conclusions. It's always about awareness. It's never about what arises in the awareness. So I'm, I, uh, just so you'll know, I donate to campaigns. I have a lot of money, but I donate to I help a little bit like that. I'm not going to go door to door. I'm not going. To, there are other plenty of you know. There's a few, only a few of us. Look, look here. We have a we have a, a group of meditators here, and uh, we're in a city of what I don't know, half a million people for this area. Four hundred thousand, three hundred thousand. Well, they're all intellectuals. Most of them in this area. There's those few dodo birds on the North Shore that are what janitors. I'm endeavoring to be funny here, <laughs> so no, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just saying I don't know how many there is, but you know, there's only a few people that are interested in this. But there's a lot of people out there that can knock on doors, so you can hold your seat and just be aware of what's going on. Somebody needs to look at it. The people knocking on doors have come to a conclusion, and so they're concluding they're right. Are they cheer each other on? They wear shirts. They wear, I wear a shirt too. So this is my, this is my role in this, is to do this, talk to people and respond to questions like yours. And I appreciate those kind of questions because I say to people over and over again, don't do anything unless you have to, but don't take your eyes off from anything. I'm not saying shut off your TV. I'm not saying don't listen. I'm not saying get rid of your smartphone. I'm saying just, uh, there's only a few, when I say a few, probably a very small per percentage of people, of people who are prioritizing their awareness of this and not their thinking process. The thinking process, I don't care how smart you are, there are a lot of really smart people. Chris Hedges is one of them. Um, uh, Cy Hirsch, who, who uh, exposed the My Lai massacre. You know, I listen to those people, but I also am aware that uh, they're, they're, they don't train their mind. They're, they were born, their karma, their... Uh, Sanchita Karma came out of a probably a pretty powerful uh, several probably lifetimes of where they were operating in that area, and now the, they come into this lifetime with a lot of understanding about. They don't know about the Buddha, perhaps, but they know about cause and effect. They understand it, and they they haven't uh, they haven't blackened their hearts with greed, desire for control, extreme self interest, and pride, and so on. As some we know. Yeah. 
And those people are also suffering. If you look deeply there, you'll see they're, they're doing that because they're intensely, they're living. If they don't do that, then they have to back up into their own hell realm. So they need to come out of that hell realm in order to, to go with the, the laws of karma. Uh, then they, but it doesn't last. Even there, I don't care if they come to power, Hitler, Mussolini, they come to power, they're, they're going down. Anything that rises up goes down. So I would say, to respond more directly to you personally, you should do whatever you, I'm not saying you shouldn't knock on doors, but do it, do it with a, do a little sense of humor, you know, rather than saying, we're, this is what happened in, you know, uh, was it Charlotte, Charlottesville, you know, when all that, you know, the, 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 the people call them Nazis, I'm not sure what they are, but those people who are into that kind of anger and violence and everything, if you fight them, you then then they get to point back at you and say, you're just as bad as we are. You're hitting us. And they want you to hit them. They want you to attack them, fight them. So uh, as we talked to earlier, you don't don't give anybody a, a target. Don't go down there and give a target to them. Don't. People say, well, you have to protest. You have to go down there. And you have to do what they're doing, hold up signs and protest. Uh, maybe not. Questions about that there are good. Had more of them. Or like or any kind of question. The cause and effect, cause and effect, we tend to find we were so uh, we crave to have a, a reference point. So when we see something go wrong, we want to know why. Our whole structure of our society is based on intense grasping at, at uh, cause and effect and karma and really thinking there's a right and a wrong. People talk about very intelligent people talk about right and wrong all the time. They don't have, they don't understand the deeper meaning of that. Because they're not working with a spiritual path, they're working with a mundane path of intense uh, success and failure. And again, we don't want to get rid of that either. We need we need all of it. We need the, that's why the, in this day uh, there there are no statesmen, no, no people in politics that have a high higher calling. Not just talking about religious people or Christians or Muslim or Buddhists or anything. I'm not necessarily talking about people on a spiritual path, that's someone who has a has a really profound understanding of what life is about. Unusual. Is it possible to act out of, is it, are all our actions out of karma, even though we're aware of them, or out of? They, they are to some extent, but eventually, there's some kind of karma, but eventually the karma that is arising, because you're not missing anything, because you're no longer uh, separating and attributing uh, qualities and everything. This is a good thing. This is a bad thing. This is okay. This doesn't work. That works, but this doesn't. This would work if they painted it brown. You know, the, you're no longer doing that. You're just here. You're just present. And the ego feeling is you don't know. That's why I often say uh, to to begin to not know to actually submit to your to your confusion is that's the only way you're going to discover to see how the dog is untrained. Is the only way you're going to be able to do that. And that's painful for ego. It doesn't want to feel bad. The ego wants to feel successful and I'm okay, I'm feeling better, I'm meditating, I'm more calm, I'm more peaceful. When actually the, your path, your Dharma gate might be to actually stop avoiding and shutting down on your own karma, your own Sanchita karma that's arising. It's like I sometimes say, uh, not often, but sometimes say, I'm pretty sure I was a murderer past lives. I can feel that intensity. I couldn't be here. I couldn't do this if I hadn't had extreme experiences at some other time somewhere. So that I understood when I saw this in this lifetime, I, I could see what that is. And I could see that that's just a powerful misunderstanding based on intense hope and fear and rage. So you can, uh, let's say it this way, you, if you see what this is, then 
uh, your action just fulfills. And so there's no no feeling that you're doing good. You get no credential. Buddha Dharma without credentials. You see the truth and you 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 just function. It's sometimes called skillful means, but it's not something you can do. Something you are. And if you and you get no credential, someone compliments you, it doesn't mean anything. If they you dismiss it, you might say, oh, thank you. But you you would not feel like ah, I must be doing right. The people I like like me. People I like are approving of me. Maybe I'm doing okay. The doing okay, not doing okay is a misunderstanding. It's actually buying into the cause and effect world of circularity of samsara, or the, the wheel. The Tibetan word is korlo. Our word is merry-go-round. More? Yes. Um, using the metaphor of a dog, turning a dog for your mind. <clears throat> it seems like the most compassionate way to train a dog is that they're doing some behavior that's not desirable mm-hmm. or harmful or mm-hmm. wild. Instead of punishing, you, you you do something to interrupt that and then attract a different activity. Mm-hmm. It seems like with our minds, if we've done something so habitually, not only karma, or like past karma, but our current physiology and hardwiring mm-hmm. is unfolding as that habitual activity. That's a question. So how can we work with that hardwired conditioning um, and then not, um, and then also appreciate and not meddle with our karma. Does, do you, does that make sense? Of course it does. Yeah. So the way you train your mind is to see what it is. Uh, the metaphor of the dog only goes so far. Uh, you, you're not a dog. Uh, you're a human being. You're training your mind with the help of profound 2,500 year plus teaching and then uh, the model of the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, the teaching person, what is being taught, and the students who coming with all kinds of different kinds of uh, Sanchita karma coming together. There's some spark in there that says, I need to learn this. At some point, you would say in a past life, you stumbled in this before. You might have been a monk, but here you are again. You, there's something about this. You can't. There are other people that just are not interested in this. They're not going to come to this. They don't have any interest. Maybe something else. And so I would say, let them do something else. You might be, you might have more of an effect if you wanted to have on people who said, don't, don't discuss this at all. Um, make them drag it out of you. They say, how's your meditation going? Good. Was it helping you? Yep. How's it helping you? Uh, you know, keep it simple. You could say, keeps me honest. Keeps you honest. What do you mean? You've been, well, keeps me honest. I don't deceive myself. End of story. No promotion. Response which is being polite and actually being, you're actually, they're opening up this much. They really don't want to know. They just, they're just nosy, usually. They're nosy because you, why do they waste all their time? They go to those retreats and it must be a cult. Well, I don't know. know. It doesn't feel like a cult to me. So, um, so that idea goes a little way, but eventually you need to sit down and everyone is so different. So the interruption could be facing the wall. The interruption that you're referring to, which is needs to be some of that, but it, it's very, without chatting a lot about it, I'm just, I want to say that it's very different for every every person. Some people, and don't misunderstand me when I'm saying this, ask questions if you don't understand. Some people, it's very much about facing a wall. Some people, it's about a little bit about facing a wall, but it's also about facing your spouse or facing your job or some other situation that as you practice, you might see that that's the area that I need to be genuine. I need to be genuine there. I, could, I have to stop participating in that, that uh, confusion by not being genuine. 
not being present. So it would be ver quite variable. Further question on that? Kind of a silly example. It's not a question. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. So um, I have my, you know, I recite the precepts, mm -hmm. the four reminders, and the yes. four vows in the morning. And I remember one time you said that you used to wake up and recite the four reminders. I so I thought, I'm going to do that just mm -hmm. so I get those in. Mm -hmm. And which meant that I was going to take it out of the, the other sequence. Mm -hmm. So I make that intention, but and I'm doing it, and then it's like I'm on the third reminder before I even know that I've started that. So it seems like to change the habit, there needs to be some kind of... With still awareness. The, the more you can just be aware without an agenda about it, you already have your agenda. Just be with all things. You've got that right here. You made a, an agreement that you're going to do that. So... It means nothing. It just helps you do that. There are people that will never do this and still have this intention. That's fine. So how that happens for you is is um, that is your uh, the karma that is arising as a as a practitioner of the Buddha's Dharma, which has a profoundly very and profound and very simple and direct way of dealing with karma, which is be aware of it. So it's taking your Sanchita karma, which is arising as you wake up in the morning. My situation, I would wake up very very depressed. No, just a feeling of I don't want to even be here. And this would happen. This was 20, 30 years ago. And so I would start, I would just start right out uh, um, uh, with the first reminder. And sometimes I go, sometimes I just do the first reminder over and over again because that seemed to be very important. Sometimes I go through the whole set and say them. And sometimes I slow way down, reflect on them. Sometimes I do them fast. Sometimes it gave me something else to do. So there was some uh, feeling of distracting myself from the from the uh, feeling of being that I was calling depression. So, but, but, it, but something around that is very personal. So it's, it has to be done in such a way. That's why I would say uh, the, it's a misunderstanding, albeit uh, understandable why you would have, why Dogen would have all uh, 45 of his 15-year-old uh, boys all face the wall and all sit a certain way, hold and serve for and prostrate and do it for a certain length of time and get up and do walking meditation by the bell because he, he couldn't treat them individually. And he was only 27, 28 years old when he started this after he came back from China. So think about being in ancient Japan at that time with all these other uh, Buddhist organizations that were already started that he could see were um, missing something, I guess might be a plate. So about in our time, we say, well, we can do this more individually. So facing a wall is good. Uh, walking meditation is something that I didn't eliminate, but I just don't do it by the bell. I think it's your body actually interrupting you. If you've been sitting for 20 minutes or 30 minutes and, it, and you get up and walk by the bell, uh, I think that's, uh, we shouldn't interrupt that. That should be your interruption. It's like saying, now you can go to the bathroom. Uh, this is not us training. So... It's not something that's kind of trying to hammer you into some kind of awakening. Awakening uh, it, it is not about cause and effect, particularly. Though it may participate in that somewhat. Obviously, sitting down holding still is a cause. And the effect is going to be to probably right, first get bored. And, of course, boredom is you're giving up on entertainment. And entertainment is what is you're filling your life with some kind of entertainment that prevents you from seeing the natural the natural state for the great perfection, as it is called in Zogjin. Let's see if I can, when talking with someone and there seems to be a problem or an issue and I want to offer something up, mm -hmm. I'll watch myself 
and see whether I'm meddling. Yeah. Um, but the desire to offer something up very often outweighs that watching that says don't meddle. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm I'm not sure. I feel like I'm meddling with them, and I feel like I'm also meddling mm -hmm. with me by. What's your question? Is that are you meddling with yourself when you resist the desire to to help? Possibly, but I think uh, what if you're in that kind of a little dilemma in your own consciousness, uh, just less is better. And I would uh, the thing that you're you're what, what's happening there, if I may say it this way, and it may not be exactly. I don't know in your mind, but. It, Looks like you're getting wound up in the either or part, and the wanting to help and not be sure of what you should do, and you're completely ignoring gravity. You're completely ignoring how your clothes feel. You're 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 drawing you're bringing awareness up into that with some kind of agenda about right and wrong, right and wrong. Uh, not that you're condemning yourself, but you're saying, like, what should I do here? Is there a right or wrong? Or am I meddling? Or am I? So when I use the word meddling, I'm using it to help. People take a look at it from that point of view, but I'm not necessarily accusing you of anything. It's something that you you personally, it's your awareness, your consciousness that has to work with this. I can suggest or something, but I would say in that, the suggestion would be don't do anything. Don't talk. Don't do anything. But the one you could do is to just flash on. You don't have to stay there. Just touch and go. Just flash on how this feels. It's, it's a surprising. It's amazing how you can have a thought process going on and similar to what you're talking about. And if you just include, don't get rid of it, but just include that you're standing there, include the color of the wall next to you. Just an amazing thing that you're actually just here and something is happening and maybe very circus-like or circular. You don't have to solve it. You don't have to do anything. Your presence, authentic presence, genuine presence is, is way more uh, if you're going to use relative ideas, it's way more important than any solution to anything. Uh, so much energy comes up when mm -hmm. I'm with some with people yeah. around. You're, Pis you're Pisces, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the well, gravity energy, yeah, yeah. is a way of dealing with that energy. Well, then? I wouldn't say it's um, dealing. It's just that you're including. It's, I mean, that's a part of your life you're shutting out. You're, you're, you know, you're by, because when you look at one thing, you focus on something, you shut everything else out, unless you don't. And the way you don't is you not only look at something, but you, the exclusivity of it, like I have to do this or should I or shouldn't I, or am I meddling? Uh, I, I never think if I'm, uh, you know, I don't know if I meddle or not. It's not important to me. That's a preliminary teaching that you need to work with for a while. But at some point, you don't, you don't, I don't, maybe meddling from other people's points of view, but I'm not really concerned with that because I, I, I know that I'm not going to step into anybody's territory without their permission, without them saying, I, what should I do about this? I need your help. Are you, uh, I want you to function as my teacher. And if you say that to me, and you do, then I probably am going to uh, probably do some meddling. If I have permission, I have to have, really have permission, or otherwise I'll just watch you. And that watching is out of respect for you, knowing that you're, you need to be the person who, who comes this way. There's nothing for sale here. I have no particular propaganda. I don't need, I don't to continue the rest of my life, whatever's left of it. I don't really need students. Uh, I would, I would uh, not to get too sappy about it, but I would love you no matter what you did. So it's nice if, uh, if you can listen to what I have to say, but uh, if you don't need to, yes. The Sanchita Karma? Sanchita. Sanchita Karma. Is, mm -hmm. is that um, like 
our basic operating system in the world, what kind of our tendencies that drive yeah. our tendencies. It's kind of that's you came in and you're here and this is how you your talents, your abilities, even when you're tiny, you know, you certain things were showing up and some people are born with kind of a bad disposition, <laughs> irritated with everything, and other people are just flowing along and fine with everything, and then they run into people who have bad dispositions in their whole situation. And the, the, the dependently arisen part of it is so, as I said, it's just untraceable. It's so incredibly fast. Uh, and uh, you eventually get start to get a taste of that by watching everything without and without interfering. So watching things happen, come and go, especially in your own mind, sitting, watching things come and go and come and go. And then and then it's not something you do. It's like it's something you are. So the whole idea of the whole polarities start to come together or, or, or they're seen as not being separate anymore. So there isn't anything else. There's just this. It's made up of a lot of polarities and contrasts, but the fundamental understanding is not separate. Yes. So when we are endeavoring to save all beings. Yes. That particular way, our particular way of being in the world will, will color that and affect that. So I observe myself looking for, always always looking for points of connection. How are they like me? How are they like me? It occurs to me that that is, that, that is a problem, maybe, because that's part of something I brought into the world that's, as we've said, a bit narcissistic. So how can I be present to someone with all that operating system and not... How do I avoid not being genuine, not being fully present, but because I, I want them to stop avoiding? Like me. Stop avoiding. And how do you do that? You see the way you avoid. You don't have to be any, you can be exactly who you are. You don't have to change a single thing. Just no more warfare with anything. If things are going to change, especially if you do nothing with them, then they just, things get carried away with themselves. The cars start driving themselves and butterflies fly without your help. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Yes, Susie. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, what's powerful about what you say about the question is just that you're aware of that. And so rather than interfere with that and give you some kind of a, well, do this, do that. Well, you want to, how can I ignore that? Or, I mean, how can I avoid that? Uh, it's not, you're, you're still in the process of, of, of being aware of the all the, the karma, the Sanchita karma, and you're beginning to see how that fits with the Prabhupada karma, the karma that is arising as other people, the karma that is arising as your relationship to other people. And uh, and the more you can just be aware, the more you're going to be introduced to your world. This is what I'm doing is introducing you to something that's right in front of you. And I'm just saying, just observe, just look at it. Don't, don't, don't take your guns to town. Just, just this, just this, always, wherever you're at. And it can be very painful because especially if you've been shutting out certain parts or certain aspects of your whole manifestation as a, as a woman, as a nurse, if you've been shutting that out based on fear, which we've talked about, then I would say don't try to be fearless. Be uh, for the benefit of everyone. Take on the fear that nobody else wants. You already got fear coming anyway. So be more scared. This is a path of the bodhisattva, which you're asking to enter. Be more, give me more of that fear. I'll take that fear. There's nothing to figure out. And that kind of uh, attitude is is uh, one that uh, has to do with being with all things. 
and, and you probably won't get a credential. There's no, there's no greatest boy saw whoever lived thing happening. Good luck. Yasmin. It seems to me these two examples and your response to them, am I right in assuming that at almost every moment is a Dharma gate? It is. And that, and that we, the, we may want to give advice if the advice has been solicited. But even as we're giving the advice, we need to begin to start realizing that we're giving advice and why we're giving advice that has something to do with our ego and our need. Possibly, but not much. Just what you, everything you said there, flash on that and then drop it. If you want a, if you want a technique, flash on all of whatever's arising is appropriate. But you don't have to hang on to it or justify it, validate it. If you do anything with it, it tends to it tends to go along, and then pretty soon you've got a philosophy, and you have a program, and you have something you're going to package, write a book about, uh, and become Wayne Dyer. In other words, just flash awareness, and then let yeah. it go. Is yeah. that it? Yeah, just just to just flash on it and go, and then return. And you can use the sense fields. They're genuine. The sense of touch is not lying. I mean, there might be it's not totally true. Because you aren't a body, particularly, or limited, but it's this is pretty good. It's, it's grounding. You're here. You're in your clothes. You have your gravity. You have your coffee, tea, or milk, and you have a, you have a some kind of a uh, the first five sense fields is locating you in spatially. So once you are, are there, then then the mind is uh, the, as a living being. Then there's more grounding happening, so you can actually. Uh, extend beyond that and see more deeply when you're looking at the at the wall or when you're looking in someone's eyes and you're talking to them rather than just hearing their voice you're also hearing all the all of their karma is coming forward every time you talk to someone you can feel it you can see it you can know it and it becomes more and more um it comes more and more to you what needs to be done next if anything you may just you may just say like we were saying i've got to go just bail Especially if they're giving you a bunch of uh, cracker jacks. Yes. Um, Chazan and David Miner are viewing the talk from Sophie. I know them. I know both of them very well. Chazan has a question. I Two bet questions. he does. He asks Is the example of facing one's spouse or other practices working with our minds in the same way as Shikantaza? Also, is that something your teacher will let you know? The teacher may or may not in that area. I kind of follow what's uh, what's Chazan. Kind of follow what you're saying there, Chazan. But I, I think yes, in terms of if you've looked at the wall uh, quite a bit, which you have, then uh, then everything starts looking like a wall. The, this is when the boundary between meditation, post meditation, starts to vanish. Uh, when you first start looking at the wall or meditating, quite a contrast between your everyday life and meditation. Uh, if you uh, you proceed along, and this may not, there's no guarantee, may not happen for everyone. At some point, that boundary starts to fade. So the boundary between meditation and post-meditation goes away. It doesn't mean you're going to feel really good all the time. Uh, you could feel terrible all the time. So there's, there's no, this is so something my teacher often said, there's no guarantee. And I want to say the same. That's a, a very good thing to say to people. No guarantee of anything. On the other hand, and on the same hand, Train your mind. Find out who you are. You have this life. It looks like, from what we can tell, this is some kind of uh, uh, experience that's happening as a physical being. It's going to happen for, you know, three months. 
70, 80, 90, 100, 110, 200 years, or might it only uh, last for uh, till tomorrow? Did I have more to say? Somebody's going to help me. <laughs> Did I answer his question? I guess that's what I'm asking. You should ask him. Did I answer your question? And I'll see if he responds. My head's on crooked when I look at it. <laughs> My head's crooked. Anybody read the book by Douglas Harding called On Having No Head? So it's a book from like the 50s, or, and it has to do with Zen and practice on having no head. When he awoke, he felt like he, he'd never really seen his head. He could see his hands, but he couldn't see his head. So that's why I felt like having no head. He didn't. He was silent. What was David Minard's question? Yeah, he didn't ask one yet. Oh, so just the two of them are there? Yes, I mean. If uh, form is emptiness, and emptiness is form, then why do we uh, do all the rituals we do, ringing a bell, bowing, mm -hmm. Why do we do it? Well, my understanding is that's not, not the understanding, but my understanding of from my own experience of doing lots of forms, not just Zen, but also lots of very um, complicated uh, Tibetan forms, and they're really complicated compared to Zen, uh, is that it's a, it's a way of giving your, your spiritual life, your spiritual, your, 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 your understanding of consciousness kind of a backbone. So you're actually creating a different reality. Uh, it's not different, but it's, you know, just like the doing these forms and at the same time knowing that they're, you know, this is non-theistic, so we don't believe in this stuff. So belief and disbelief are extra. That's a primitive beliefs about the nature of reality is one of them is belief itself. It's not helpful to, for anyone to believe or disbelieve anything. Just work with it how it is. There are times when something is very accurate and is there and is present and other times when it starts to fade. And if you believe it, you tend to stop looking at it. And so you need to not take your eyes off from anything, your awareness off from anything. Everything is changing, including this, these beings are changing. So uh, so just a way of uh, doing something that is repetitive so you can see for yourself that you can't possibly repeat anything, that everything is completely new and fresh all the time. And it's, it's so fresh that sometimes you get to, you can't recognize what you're doing, even though you've done it hundreds of thousands of times. You don't recognize. But this is something you have to do for me to say that as a little comment on it. Uh, you can see it in other things, like every time you wash the dishes, it's always different. It's changing. Whereas this is actually something, washing the dishes has that, that materialistic kind of got to get the dishes done. And I got to, oh, I'm out of that kind of soap. I'm trying this other soap. It doesn't work so good. But, um, you know, if there's all those things. Uh, and in practice, it's, uh, it just brings an aspect of the mind up as we practice, especially if you repeat it a lot where you begin to understand what form is emptiness, emptiness is form. That's something that is a conceptually, a conceptual display of something or explanation that has to be seen so that you can say, oh, that's what that means. I'm getting to see what that means. And you notice if someone asks you, you don't know how to tell them because it is, uh, it's like trying to explain what to somebody who's never had an avocado, what it tastes like. And you've experienced it. It's firsthand. It's experience, but you can't translate it into can't communicate the taste of an avocado. You could paint a picture of one. You could carve one out of wood. And then you could mix some colors and paint it. So here, have a bite. Yes. Would, would you say more about um, using negative um, feelings like like fear, say, yeah. as a dharma game? <clears throat> yeah, you could experiment and say for the next, uh, I'm having fear, say for the next 10 minutes, I'm going to invite the fear in. You could, you could do something... I wouldn't recommend that uh, to, to someone to do that unless they were doing a lot of sitting practice. 
I don't want to say a lot, saying you don't have to be in retreat or anything, but you know, you know, sitting, have a regular sitting, do some block sitting, have have so there's some kind of a, you know, not not sitting 12 hours a day or even four or five hours a day, but sitting an hour a day, so that you have a strong sitting practice. And you might at the end of your sitting practice, after sitting for a while, or maybe in the middle, you might take a small time. You might even do it very use the form. You might write fear on an index card sitting in front of you. I sometimes talk to people about something they're working with where they where they can be very direct and distinct. Ding, ding. I'm just going to look at that fear. What is that? I, give me the fear. I, I want it. I'm going to, as they say, bring it on or something like that to do it very deliberately. And then ding, ding, and then go back to just chicken tiles. Go ahead. Yeah, same thing with anger. Yes. Oh, yeah, see if you can just be angry. You, you know, actually, actually go in and see if you can find that, and you'll notice that you can, you know, I can find anger. I can scare you all right out here right now. You don't want to say it, and I've only done it a few times, but people get shocked by it because it's. I'm not pretending. I mean, I'm actually opening up something that I understand about myself that comes from who knows how far back. Intense rage and anger is here. It's present here, but it's. Uh, I don't want to say it. Kind of converted it into something else. It's just anger. I would think that would be very useful because for me, um, mm -hmm. those things don't come up. No. So you know, they do. So Arthur Janoff, back in uh, the early seventies, I think late sixties, he uh, came up with something called the primal screams. Anybody heard of that? Mm -hmm. And so the primal screams, and I was very interested in when I saw, oh, I can get rid of my anger. So I, I tried it a little bit, but I, then I realized I need to be trained. And then I knew uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono were going out there to be trained. So they went through the primals. Some of her music, actually, you can tell she's screaming in it. And there was a Center for Feeling Therapy. I also contacted them, and uh, I thought it was about $5,000 to go out there and go through things. So I looked at it, thought about it, and then I met Rinpoche about the same time before I, I had bought several books to hand out to my friends. Here, read this. Tell me what you think about this. So they're reading primal screen books. And I'd been reading about Buddhism for a long time. But I didn't know how to practice it. I didn't know what to do with it. It's just a philosophy. Uh, so um, I feel that the expression of it is, uh, uh, is a, a, I'm not saying it couldn't give you some relief. It probably could. But it's it's also perpetuating of it. You know, it would come back and then you'd have to, you'd be screaming all the time. And every time I came in, you'd have to go in your special room, soundproof roof room and scream your head off, come back, feel so much better. But it doesn't it doesn't address the actual situation of what? Mistaken identity. The one who's mad. That's what we need. The screaming is just stuff. What might as well be birds tripping. More? Something are those emotions that, that are really powerful in our life, um, like anger. That's deep is that deep karma? Yeah, that's that's Sanchita karma, more than likely. But it, it get mixed up with this because if you have a if you notice you have a negative feeling about something and if it's especially if it's if it doesn't have a basis to it, you find one. Uh, maybe not so much now. If you've been meditating for a while, you probably won't do that uh, so much. You'll just notice that you don't know what to do with that intense feeling. Uh, sometimes you call it depression or just some kind of rage uh, and so on. And uh, so you would uh, uh, you would uh, try to attribute blame or certain cause. And sometimes it's just, uh, well, I'm not drinking enough water. Well, I, I need to do more yoga or I need to sit more. Or I need to, but you probably do need to sit more, but not because of that so much, but be, just because of more awareness, more, more, more sky in your mind, more blue sky. So just a relative way of talking about it. But yes, it would be, it, it gets confused with the, uh, this is why if you're going to read about this, everybody's got some kind of theory 
the Sarvastavadins and the Yogacharans and the Madhyamikans and the, oh my goodness. And they're, and they're, they're quite precise about the way this all works. And, uh, and I would say, uh, well, you could read it, but also you could just uh, uh, find out who you are. Just sit down, face the wall, find out, find out what this is, find out who this is, and uh, that will help you, yes. Chiazan responded saying, yes, you did answer his question. Mm -hmm. And then he says, my wall, and in parentheses, wife, mm -hmm. is growing. Maybe she's pregnant. She is. And they have two little walls there pretty soon. <laughs> Further questions? This? Yes. Um, karma, you say sometimes you can't see the roots. Mm -hmm. And so... Does our past karma have to come into manifestation for us to see through the stuff that's under the surface? I think it's the same. It's already happening. It's here. Your question, me sitting here, this wall, these people, everything is, is nothing is separate here. It's separated into different things. People come and go, and so it's separated, but it's fundamentally it's happening all the time. It's happening in your just like we've talked about, you know, the tensions you've had with uh, your friend there, the, the property hole situation. It's just a, just karma. And then we talked about the other thing that's arising. There's more of it coming in. But, you know, don't, don't, don't leave the, the game. The game's not over trying to get, pull you back into that same dynamic. So it's pretty all-pervasive stuff. But look, look how great it is. You're out of that, you know, and maybe, you know, sure, maybe you lost some money or whatever. So it's, you didn't lose all of it. So I don't mean to go into your personal stuff, but I'm saying that seemed to, show up with something it's just part of what happens everyone's karma anything that's happening to you needs to happen i sometimes say that if you sit down or if you sit at the kitchen table whatever's arising is not uh, particularly extra it's just something you, you know, just be with that and don't add to it don't make it worse don't make it better don't do anything with it just just watch it and then watch how it's what impermanent Buddha in, the, in the three marks of existence everything is impermanent Everything is uh, having difficulty or frustrated or not getting what it wants or suffering. And uh, everything is without a self, three marks of existence. If you realize that completely, um, this is uh, liberation. And if you're liberated, there's no one to be liberated. So you won't feel like you're liberated. You won't feel like you're not liberated. You'll feel more like a marshmallow. Food teaching. <laughs> so and the, why I'm saying it that way is that there's no way to say what this is. Anytime you try to, to pin that, in my situation, anytime I try to do anything with it, I, I just get totally lost. So therefore, I, I just teach. I, I, I have an understanding of this. It's pretty ordinary. But it's somehow, uh, I, I don't do anything if I'm by myself. I don't do much. But if I meet someone that, that comes and wants to, wants to work with their life in a way to have less suffering or more understanding, then I do the best I can with it. Any further questions? Very good. Thank you very much. Thank you.